This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 62 of the Stacey West podcast. I am your host Ben and Gary is with me. Are you all well? Better than you mate, aren't I? <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. I've... Uh... I have not been a well boy this past week. Um, just about gotten over a cold, but also had uh, had an infected tooth uh, that was, yeah, that was bad. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, uh, how, how have you been for the past uh, past couple of weeks? Yeah, not too bad. It's all been a bit bit like the summer, just without nice weather, isn't it? Because we've not had any any football particularly. Um, I, I got <laughs> yeah. a little bit tired of jokes. Uh, saying you know a, a great result for us by not playing on Saturday, the first one kind of you you went oh yeah I expected that and then and then anything after that was just uh, no. And I apologise if some of my friends have put you know five days unbeaten or, or whatever, but it's it's not funny. So. Yeah, I mean like it's just we'll we'll get into it because obviously with no game this week it's it's a bit of an odd podcast and it was actually kind of a kind of a decent week to miss in all fairness because uh, i think i was incredibly angry after the ipswich game but not for the not for the reasons that some people would think there was just a couple of you know if i can be polite about it a couple of knobheads sat near us that uh, yeah, check my Twitter feed for, for that. So but, uh, we just spoke off air about not mentioning that, and we are one minute thirty eight into the podcast. Yeah, and yeah. you've mentioned. I mean, it. I'm, we're not going. We're not going into depth about it. But yeah, I was very angry last week, so um, I was going to probably have a big old sweary Ben rant, and then uh, yeah, woke up Thursday morning, and my tooth decided to uh, to just go. No, screw you. Um, you're not going to be able to talk much today. So probably you know good for my good for my colleagues and my workmates and uh, my long suffering wife but not for not so much for people that want to listen to a podcast but, uh, i could have come on i could have done it on my own you could have just grunted every so often 
I mean, that's that's not too different to what it is now, Gary. <laughs> oh, you get in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I've got to, to otherwise... I was trying to set good. myself up for one there. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, yeah, obviously we've 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 got uh, we've got the Ipswich game out of the way. We're out of the FA Cup, which I mean, it's it is what it is at that point. I think it's um, I think it's it's one that, like I said, I would have liked to have progressed, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that we can go to Sunderland on Saturday now. But um, anyway, I'm not. I'm um, in the FA Cup. I don't think it's a blessing. I don't yeah, think we deserved to go out of the FA Cup. I thought we were the better mm. side. I know we spurned a, a couple of chances, and football's all about scoring goals. And that you know, the best side's the one that scores more goals is what you know really basic people say. But if you watched watched the balance of play, I thought we were the better team. Mm. I, I it, towards the end of the game, like well, towards the sort of about middle of the second half, it felt to me like neither team was really was really up for winning it. And I think it was, if there was going to be a team that did nick it, I thought we were going to manage it. But it, it didn't feel like it was that high tempo sort of, you know, blood and thunder must win game um, last Tuesday night. But we've, mm. we'll we'll move on away a little bit from... Um, I'll just say I disagree with uh, that, but now we can move on. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we can, we can move away from, from that because we did put a, a message out saying... Um, uh, you know, uh, does anyone got any questions? Because with no game to to preview, we're probably gonna, well, we're probably gonna struggle for content. So um, we've got a load of questions uh, coming up. But first off, I've just remembered that I didn't talk about it straight away. Um, the injury to Bruno Andrade on Tuesday, uh, on Wednesday night last week against Ipswich, um, it, it looked quite nasty at the time, obviously with him being stretched off, but um, it's now been confirmed that he's possibly looking at between 8 and 12 weeks out with a torn hamstring. Um, it, it didn't look great at the time, did it? And, and the fact that now he's, uh, he's, he's confirmed to be out, it's going to be a massive blow. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's interesting um, the injury situation that we have because it's in such a, such a sharp contrast to how we've been really over the last three years because we've been incredibly lucky with injuries. We've actually managed to stay relatively injury-free when we've needed to. If you look back over the last three years, you can't really name one time where a, a player who is key, which is what Bruno's been recently, more shots per game than anybody else, um has been injured for such a long period of time. I know you can look at Freck, uh, who missed quite a bit of last season, but it's you know it's very rare that one of our younger, fitter players, and I don't mean that as any disrespect to those over kind of 30, 32, um, has been out for for such a long time, and all of a sudden we've got it, we've got them piling up. Um, maybe maybe one or two players pushed themselves last season, and that's led to the injury crisis that we had at the beginning of this season with with Tom Pett, um, Michael Boswick, and uh, and Lee and Michael O'Connor. Um, yeah, Bruno's is going to be a blow because for me, he's, he's been one player that I think has has really driven the team forward. Um, it just mm-hmm. bothers me what we do because if it means Jack Payne being out on the flank. I'm I'm not convinced that Jack Payne is a winger. I know he's been a winger in the past, um, but he doesn't offer the the width that a winger should. He's he's almost like he's you know those leads that you can get for your dog that you stick him in the middle of the garden and it, it kind of all gravitates around one point and then that's for me it just feels like you know Jack Payne's natural point is in the middle and 
And whatever he does, mm. the more he runs, the closer and closer he gets to the middle. Jake Hesketh, he's not a winger. So it leaves us really with with Harry Anderson, who's out of favour, and, and George Grant, who's in and out more than uh, the hokey hokey. So I don't... <laughs> it's a big blow. One thing I would say is that Bruno has had more shots per game than, than any of our other players. His accuracy hasn't actually been all that good, um, as has nobody's. So, it, you know, it's not like we're losing a player who's scored seven, eight, nine goals. Um, also, perhaps uh, once or twice, certainly I believe against Ipswich in the first game, one of the shots that he managed to get off might have fed it through to John Akindi. Um, I can't remember if that might have been in the second game. Everything's kind of blurred at the minute. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, but let's face it, losing a player like Bruno for 12 weeks is, is massive. And when you work out those 12 weeks, that takes us through December, January, February, you know, March, April left. Eight nine mm-hmm. games. Do we only have more eight nine more games of, of Bruno Andrade because there's no new contracts on the horizon, is there? Mm, no, and I think that's um, that's one of the questions that we've uh, we've got and we'll we'll come to. But it's it, it's really disheartening to see because, um, like you said, I think it, initially he, he seemed to. Um, not kind of not initially immediately hit the highlights of uh, of last season um for me in those first two uh, first few games but he he seems to have taken on whatever feedback's been been put to him um and like you said he's he's been absolutely key in terms of our um you know performances so far this season when he's when he's managed to uh, up his game and, and get back to where he needed to be so to, to like you say, have him in out, having him out for for the best part of of three months is um, it's worrying. Um, it's also interesting that we get told how long he's going to be out for this time. It's never ha- hasn't happened over the last three years, is it? So a player goes mm. out injured, and we don't know what's happening. I mean, look, look at Sam Habergan. We never yeah. knew what was happening with Sam. It was, uh, and he just never come back. So that's one f- one change that's probably quite fan friendly. Is that um, the current management situation is is very very transparent um, in the way that he, mm. he delivers information. That's a really clumsy sentence. Um, let me let me start that again. Um, the current manager is very transparent with his injury news. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. God, why say something in uh, in a straightforward way when you can dodge around it? Um, for better politicians for talk, mate. It is election season. I'm not interested. I'm not mentioning that because uh, it pisses me off. Um, but no talk. I mean, they're, they're talking to to Michael Appleton uh, when I went and met him. He did say that you know if if someone's injured, he'll tell you they're injured, and if they're fit, he'll tell you they're fit. Um, and he said he knows that some managers prefer to keep you guessing. He wants the other manager to be fearful of of what's coming. So um, you know, it's different strokes. Hmm, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, it, it's as I say, it, it's a, it's a hard one. Um, we're going to have to stomach it and see what happens. But uh, we've got what week and a bit. It's 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 weird having two weeks without football in November. It really is. Like normally, when you we used to have that sort of, you know, that that first uh, that first Saturday in December or whatever it was was the. Um, you know that that was the Christmas shopping day on the Saturday, but now we've had like with the Berry game being postponed as well. It's just like we've got so much time, and it just feels really odd. I don't know what to do with myself this gone this past Saturday. But, um, 
Anyway, right. Let. Oh, what, what did you what did you get up to? I can't remember, but I just know that I wasn't bored. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I played some computer games. I'd, I'd like to say I helped out in the garden, but that didn't didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so. Fair dues. Right. Uh, so, so let's get into some questions. Um, where are we? The first question um, that I'm going to go for was from uh, Sean Cheap Simons, who says, if you could invite five Lincoln City players past and present for a meal, who would they be? Um, I'm assuming this is any of them. So like alive or dead, past, present, whatever. Um, so sort of dinner party with five, uh, five City players, go. Well, not Matt Reed because uh, I like a big portion, and I don't think there'd be all that much left. Um, I definitely have Pete again, just because uh, it's Pete again. So, I, I, mm. yeah, I definitely have him. This is—I don't know. Normally, you get asked like you five celebrities, and you can have different reasons, and you pick one of them just because they're brilliant footballers. Um, <laughs> I'd probably pick Richard Butcher just because I'd, I'd like an opportunity to to bring him back, I suppose. Um, mm. So, yeah, Ganey and Butcher. Uh, I'd probably have Gordon Hobson because, although I only saw him play a little bit, I'm assuming that if I had this dinner party, my old man would latch onto it. Uh, and I know Gordon Hobson <laughs> wasn't one of his heroes. Uh, I'd probably have Percy Freeman. So we could talk about the uh, the 1976 season. So obviously, I, I like the history and a lot of the stuff from the from the 70s and 80s kind of gets missed a little bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say Bradley Wood to help me with my accumulator. Um, I think that's, <laughs> that's obvious. And my betting's taken a bit of a dive at the moment anyway. So the last thing I need is more encouragement. Uh, oh maybe, maybe I should say Nathan because he's a he's a a friend and it might be nice to have a normal face there but in actual fact i am going to plump for no uh, actually i'll say i'll say <laughs> nathan yeah we'll have nathan there as well okay fair enough um i think my five i'd start off with uh i'd start off with peter game again because he was easily one of my favorite players um of the time um Jamie Forrester for much the same reason. I'd, I'd have him round. Um, I definitely would not invite Moses Swaybu because I question where we brought his contribution from. Um, well, would... So if people get invited to dinner at yours, they've got to bring their own chicken. Balls to that. If you say bring a bottle, you know, he might he might bring a chicken, bring some poultry with him. I think he lifted stuff, but I don't think he was confused. <laughs> Um, what else? <laughs> you throw me off it now. Um, so I'll say Gainey, Forrester. Um, I'd probably, I, I would, I'd probably have Tomo around as well. Cause I just know that if ever the conversation started to die down, Tomo would pipe up with an incredible story from some point in his career. Um, uh, two more, two more. Um, I'd, much the same as you said for Butch, I'd, I'd probably say Keith have Keith round and mm. you know because it's it's a uh, it's one again to to have those discussions once more I forgot he'd been a player yeah you see um and um in terms of uh, the the final the final slot I'd I'd have to pick a recent one probably rags 
probably get to probably get ragged around. Although because he's going off his interviews, he's probably not necessarily the the, the most conversational of all but uh, I'm sure he'd be able to, to scrape some stories together from, from that season and um, we could with his, ask him once again go on. as I say ask him once again how what it was like to score against Forest Green and Burnley mm, to be honest I think you could research that on YouTube and there's plenty of instances of him telling you um, <laughs> also with his Nashers you'd probably have to make sure you've got soft food <laughs> yeah soup, probably tofu get him. Get them knocked out. Yeah. See, I, um, I do think it would be interesting um, to just have a hog roast and have Michael Boswick pulling the pig apart with his bare hands in the garden. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, I'd also quite like, because uh, if things, you were talking about if things died down, well, if things really did die down, if you'd got Kieran Toner and Marcus Richardson at your dinner party, um, with Bradley Wood running a book, once them two started kicking off with each other, that might be quite interesting as well. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, okay, next couple of questions uh, come from Stuart, Stuart Wells, who says, uh, first off, when are we and Aikido hosting a FIFA tournament? Uh, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, Aikido is um, a gaming bar in Lincoln, so you can... Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was a breeder can... dog. <laughs> yeah, you rock up, you pay, I think it's a fiver or a tenner. Um, and then you just basically can can hire out like a little one of the booths downstairs, get some beers, have some you know have a good time with some mates, play some multiplayer video games. Where's it's good that? fun. Um, it's where do you remember where B and H models used to be? Nope. Um, so as you go up the um, as you go up the high street, yep. um, you go past uh, past House of Fraser, and um, you turn left. Oh, sorry, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There used to be a like, music shop down there that used to sell great bootleg CDs. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, it's a bit further, it's a little bit before you get to Sugar Cubes as you, as you turn off the high street. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, down that bit of road, okay. That yeah, it's down there. It's, it's, rank, it's a really... Taxi rank used to be down there, didn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, really good little, really good little bar. Um, I've done some work with them for the uh, for the games website as well. Okay. Um, okay, my cat's just burst through the door with a really hungry look on her face. So I'm guessing she wants some food when we're done. Uh, right? Could Lincoln oh, you're ever like grace Doctor Doolittle? You are. <laughs> Could Lincoln ever grace the Premier League? And what would be needed to get there? Um, apart from the obvious of getting promoted twice. Money. Um, Sorry? Money. Any team can brace the yeah. Premier League. Anyone at all. Grace the Premier League, rather. Any at all. Bournemouth are no bigger than us, um, except the fact that mm. they've got the investment. I think it would be very, very hard for a team of our size to attract investment um, when we're not in striking distance of the South Coast. Then mm. you look at Wickham's new uh, investment, uh, Rob Kuhig or Kohig. Uh, has just just ploughed some money in there. He'd also looked at Yeovil because, again, it's convenient travelling distance from London. Um, you look mm. at some of the other clubs down there who are no bigger, really, than us, who, who have done really well in the past. I mean, you know, could be argued. I know Brighton were a FA Cup finalists in '84, but for a while they were they were on their ass. It's, it's all about money, you know, pure and simple. Mm. Yeah, it, it, that that's the answer. It. <laughs> You can, if we got a you know a billionaire investor, um, you know like a, a Sheikh Mansour kind of guy, just ploughs money into it, and then we'd we'd eventually get there. You know, we we wouldn't be immediate like successive um, successive promotions. I wouldn't have thought, but you know, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. We but, wouldn't have definitely um, eventually get there. Um, you look at the thing is, if if me or you won Euro Millions tomorrow, that wouldn't be enough. 
that'd be enough to no. to get a couple of seasons championship football tops. Um, yeah. Beyond that, you you know you look at some of the clubs in the championship, specifically the ones that stick in my mind are, are Sheffield Wednesday, Nottingham Forest, and Leeds, who were traditional first division teams, Premier League teams for a long, long while. Um, mm. And they've kind of missed the boat a little bit. I mean, the Sheffield Wednesday chairman Chanzir is nuts. He's absolutely nuts. I've heard some really interesting stories about him recently, which unfortunately, due to who told me, I can't repeat them. But this is a guy who um, I'm reliably informed uh, has a has a football advisor who turns out to be his own 14 year old son. Um, so you need sensible management uh, as well. I think that's one thing we've got. Do you know what? I don't think there's many better football club chairman than Clive. And Clive is probably mm. the reason, not the reason, but Clive's honesty is probably why we have had a change of manager this season, because it's my understanding that, you know, something was asked for, which Clive couldn't guarantee. And instead of trying to bullshit mm. his way through, making promises he can't keep, which a lot of chairmen would, he's a man of integrity and honesty. And I think yeah. that's in place. If, 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 you know, if Clive suddenly found himself with, with several billion pounds or, you know, was on one of his jaunts and bumped into a an Arab oil baron. Brilliant. But I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, my concern is if we can't attract, if we couldn't attract major investment when we were winning trophies and we were big news, just concerns me whether, you know, I, I don't think that major investment is coming. I think now we are at our level. I think dreams of the championship are probably one step too far um yeah i'd i'd i would i'd possibly say that's you know the the championship dream i i don't think is is dead but it does need that it does need that investment and it doesn't it does need that kind of it needs that bit of the the rub of the green that we've had for the past three years. You know, it, we've we've had the look, we've made the look, we've you know we, we have made our own look in a lot of uh, a lot of areas. But I, I don't think it's out of reach. Which um, areas I have think we made it's... our look in? Well, you, you it's not the you, you make it's the old stories. You know, you make your look, don't you? You're not necessarily a lucky side. We've made the look that we've had with you know with with the cup runs. We we performed extremely well, and we we you know we got. Got the rub of the green with the draws. You know, we, we happened to get a draw that a few of us didn't necessarily think was great against Burnley, and we managed to make our way through that one with a win. And we, you know, ended up in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Mm. <laughs> I'm probably, I was, I was waiting for the inevitable sort of, mm, or mm. maybe, yeah. yeah. yeah just, um, for me, not not luck, not luck at all. If anything, we we had some bad luck at times. Yeah, we could have gone mm. to Wembley in the FA Trophy and it was bad luck that Luke Waterfall's challenge was deemed whatever it was deemed. I can't remember if it was handball or it was a foul now, but either way it was bollocks. Yeah, mm. the cup draws were actually bad draws. That was a bad mm. run of, of of cup draws. You know, third round, the way it Ipswich and, and chatting to Nathan the other week and he kind of said, well, you know, it was one of the best draws we could have gotten. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. But, like, yeah. When you say we made our own luck, if luck comes by working hard, doing your homework and, and taking your chances, then we did during the cup run. 
Um, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like it wasn't. It, we we weren't sitting back and waiting for things to happen to us. You they 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 went out and they made it happen. Mm. And that's what I mean when I say they made their own luck. Yeah. So not luck, just made things happen. So. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I just f- wanted to clarify it for the listeners. <laughs> I was saying, you're being a pedant again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two weeks have last... saved up. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, I know. Uh, last question from Stuart just says, uh, what's in store for the future of the podcast or the whole Stacey West in general? Um, there's some stuff that we can't actually talk about at the minute that we're still trying to finalise, which is still. very exciting. Um, very exciting indeed. So keep your ears peeled on that one. All we would say is podcast listeners there's potential you'd need to keep a, a, a tuesday or a wednesday free wednesday second of second yeah. wednesday in december possibly possibly free if it doesn't come off it doesn't come off um, there will also yeah. be an advert i think soon going out for a new co-host um on the podcast any particular reason gary <laughs> yeah because i think you'll probably kill me next time we speak to each other um <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were going to say about you know the, the whole thing is if I was a horse I'd be glue by now. But. No, 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 no. You know me. I'm 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 all about caring. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a care bear in that I've got a furry face. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the future of the site, I think it's probably taken the turn recently going onto the patron um, system. Um, you know, I'm going to keep churning out the content. There isn't any major changes mm-hmm. planned, uh, purely time. You know, if anyone's out there and they want to come on board and do a bit of writing and get involved in the site, drop me a message, let me know. Um, I've had one or two people recently involved. Uh, Jake, uh, who does quite a bit with the pod, has, has written a couple of articles and has done the, the seven, six questions. I can't remember if it's six or seven now, six, I think. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm desperately after somebody who's willing to do a bit of coverage on the Ladiums, um, massively so. And bear in mind, yeah, this is a News Now site. So if you're an aspiring writer and you're willing to, to cover them, be it in person or be it from the uh, the excellent match reports that Beth writes, uh, just, you know, anyone that's willing to do a little bit of Ladium stuff just to give me a little bit of time of, of an evening, that would be really appreciated. So, you know, it's really up to the people, I think, who are listening. And mm. I, I think I speak for the podcast as well. What do you want? What do you want us to do? Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Let us if there's anything in particular that people are after, then just let us know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm. It's, it's kind of an open, open forum at this point. It's, yeah, uh, it was, you know, we're we're happy to try new things and yeah, yeah, see what happens. Feel the same about the the blog as well. Um, you know, I, I do what I do. If, you, if there's something I do and you want more of it. Um, I have to see how that how we could squeeze that in because he's quite tough at the minute. But yeah, yeah, you want to be involved, get involved, absolutely. Um, great, great, um, great place to to start a writing career. I would like to think I've had a lot of people come through and write for me. With you know, like Kyle Keneally is a young writer and has gone on to have a, a place in the program and will doubtless one day make a great living out of writing. Um, mm. So yeah, young or old, I mean, I'd like actually. I mean, John Battersby. Uh, has written some excellent things for the fanzine last year, and uh, I'd like to publish those. But and you know, if people want to write about Lincoln City and have other people read it as long as it's 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 decent. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's got to be of a certain standard. And you know, there's, there's some excellent writers, but you know, you read Malcolm stuff, you read JB stuff in the fanzine, you read even Young Kyle stuff. You know, all really good stuff. But I, I can't put anything generic or like. 
you know, three badly spelled, grammatically incorrect paragraphs that are just could have been written by anybody at any time. I, I can't put that on the site. So. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's an exciting time at the minute. As I say, there's a few things going on. Hopefully, hopefully, we can talk about it very shortly. Um, Danny Nez asks, "Who is your favourite? Uh, who who is your favourite teenage mutant ninja turtle?" Donatello. Oh, mine's Donatello as well. He was purple, wasn't he? Yeah. Raphael was red. Red. Leonardo was blue. blue. And Michelangelo. Oh no, yeah. actually, uh, mine was actually Donatello at the time because he had the, uh, the the stick, didn't he? He had the staff. Was that right? Yeah, the bow staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I quite because Michelangelo was the goof, wasn't he? he was the he was like the the howling mad Murdoch of the uh, of the teenage mutant <laughs> ninja turtle. Uh, yeah world so it, another yeah, think- interesting story when i went on a friend's trip in the first or second year i had it in my mind that i had to take everybody back a gift uh, and i could, didn't know what to right. get my brother i didn't think he had one like a fridge magnet or cheese um so i went into a, a massive warehouse in calais and bought him rocksteady and bebop figures uh, which was nice. basically more than i'd ever bought him for christmas in his life <laughs> amazing i remember uh, there's an amazing series actually that um on netflix called the toys that made us this is a complete departure but the, the toys that made us is about three or four series and the most recent series has got like each episode focuses on a series of toys and tells you about like the history behind them and how they all came about and this season there's an episode on the power rangers to, uh, the power rangers toys and also the ninja turtles toys so it kind of goes through like how the ninja turtles came about and um yeah, like the, the the toy brands and the, the toy ranges and stuff. It's really well worth watching. It's funny as well. How bunga. So, yeah. Get on that, yeah. Hey, before you go um, to the next question, can I just also drop a shout out to Liam Forrester? Because he obviously asked the question. I pinched it, yes. wrote an article on it, and then he came back to me and said that like, he'd never had a shout out on the uh, pod before. Now, Liam actually um, is a friend who I've only met through football. I've only ever known him through football. We have no connections prior to Lincoln City. Uh, and a couple of Sundays ago, he came out to the house uh, and indulged me for an hour and a half while I basically raked out all of my Lincoln City collection, uh, <laughs> programmed, magazines, odd bits of memorabilia that, you know, probably wouldn't ever find anywhere else. Uh, got me into trouble a bit as well because I began to realise I had all this stuff and, and unfortunately Fee was in and she also began to realise I'd had all this stuff as well. <laughs> so, so yeah, big shout out to Liam. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good question as well and I, I read your piece today. So yeah, definitely check it out. It's a good one. Um, right, I've got... Andy's asked a question, but I'm going to leave that one till a little bit later. Is Andy on. Pearson? Um, yeah. Go on then. No, I love um, that one now because it's we need to bring the mood down a little bit. Okay. Uh, do you wipe front to back or back to front? No, actually, let's not ask that one now. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I'll tell him that I'm going on Andy's fun bus to Burton, and there's a number two ban apparently on the toilet. So, um, <laughs> sure, there's a link between the question and the fun bus, but I can't think of one without it coming across incredibly crass. So we'd best move on. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did notice that the Peaky Blinders themed Andy's Fun Bus is uh, the Coventry game, and yet I wear a flat cap anyway, so I reckon I'm going to get pelters for getting the date wrong. But no, 
Okay. Um, Jack, friend of the pod, Jack. Uh, oh, actually, bumped into in town the other day. Good uh, good chat with the Jack uh, in town. So he says, right, here we go. Has my Clapleton's more reserved public approach made him difficult to buy into? Does setting survival as a success set a dangerous precedent moving forward, i.e. not seeing a difference between consolidating and finishing 15th and surviving on final day? Um, I'll, I'll take the first part of that first. Uh, it, it's slightly more reserved public approach, making him difficult to buy into. I think to a point it, it has. Um, I appreciate that we've got a slightly different angle on it you know yourself in particular with regard to um with regard to michael appleton and, and being able to talk to him and seeing a lot of the things that he does um while not necessarily out and about in front of the cameras and all the rest of it you know it's he um he he does seem to be kind of a lot more a lot more private a lot more personal than than uh, than danny and nicky were um I, I'm led to believe that that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not doing stuff like particularly community-based stuff. Um, I've I've been reliably informed that there's a lot of community work that he's doing. He's just not really one of those people that will do it with the cameras present and say, you know, look at this. This is amazing. Look at what I'm doing for the community. Um, which I think that's happened before. I know I've I've sort of told the story about about Jacko before when um you know my dad was in the hospital and he was sort of at death's door Jacko came along and and said hello but it was just him. It, there was no press, there was nothing and you know he just sort of showed up and spent about an hour with my dad and went home. And that that to me was one of those moments where it, I think that well we we've, we've had the conversation privately as well where we said that that is completely that completely turned my opinion and it, it cemented him in in a you know in high regard for me but um i think michael appleton's a little bit like that in terms of him not necessarily wanting the limelight um and i can see why it would make people do, uh, it, why sorry why it would make him difficult to buy into for people um no i don't buy yeah that. i mean you, you're you're no, no, I don't buy that. He's difficult to buy into because the last manager won three trophies in three years, fist pumping, mm, yeah. all that sort of stuff. That's it was that's the persona. And they're certainly not going to criticise that because it was fantastic. Um, people are not buying into Michael Appleton because he ain't winning games. Pure and simple. If we had won the last four games on the trot, no one would give a tiny rat's ass whether he came over and applauded, which he does, by the way, which he does come mm. over and he does applaud. Um, I. I just, I don't think he's he's any difficult, more difficult to buy into than any other manager that we've had. Well, the ones that have been successful, it's easy to buy into a winning manager. Um, mm. uh, again, reserved public reserved public persona is an interesting observation. I can see how that that observation could be made. Um, don't think he's reserved in his press conferences. I think if anything, he's probably a little bit more open in his press conferences. Uh, mm. So it's. This is more, for me, the question is actually more about because he isn't like Danny and Nicky, does that make him harder to buy into? And I know that's not how Jack will have meant it, but I think to mm. to certain minds, that's how the question will come across. Because he doesn't do the fist pump um, when we win, although not that we know because I'm running 1-1. One, one, um, but because he doesn't do that, for me, shouldn't make him any more difficult to buy into. Football, as I always get told whenever I do a massively in-depth analytical piece with numbers and figures, football is purely and simply about winning and losing. Michael admitted it himself when he spoke to me. 
win on a Saturday, yay, lose on mm. a Saturday, boo. Win on a Saturday, manager's great. Lose on a Saturday's management's and manager's a miserable bastard. None of those are true. And with the charity yeah. work, um, I, I, and to be fair, you know, I'm not I'm this because Danny and Nick had when they did the charity work. I don't think they were constantly about putting it in your face. Yeah, you know, I, I know for a fact. Mm. A couple of fans who were struggling with with certain issues received phone calls from Danny that would never have gone out there. And you know, when I I got help from my mm. back, and that wasn't particularly Danny and Nicky, that was the club, and the club specifically told me not to write about it because you know we we mm. don't want that sort of thing. So again, that's perception. Um, I don't think any of the players go to do the charity or the manager or anybody connected with the club go to do the charity events in order to receive the recognition. I think sometimes it reflects mm. good, well on the club that, that the players do do it, but I know for a fact. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, as I say that, that was more what I meant yeah, with, the, with what I said. I wasn't, I wasn't casting any aspersions. On no, no, because absolutely. I know full yeah. well that, no, I know, yeah. I know you weren't. And no, you know, normally I joke about a little bit about that, but no, I know you absolutely weren't. Harry and Bruno didn't go, um, to see the uh, the little boy whose name escapes me at the moment, they didn't go to do that in order to be in the papers. They were, you know, mm. the fact is the club's media team kind of do get on that, and they, you know, they, they want to show the club in a positive light. But that's not the reason for for the visits. So I think in terms of public personas being reserved, all that sort of thing, it's not just, it's not public persona; it's just general personality. So that, you know, mm. again, is is Michael Appleton's personality making him harder to relate to? I don't know. I don't know because when Danny and Nicky first worked through the door, my first thought was, "Oh bloody hell, not two more Southerners!" And after Steve Tilson, <laughs> so that was it. You know, that made them hard to relate to in the first instance. Mm. But I, you know what? I actually think having two made them easier to relate to. Being brothers, having the backstory, I think that made things easier. And winning three trophies in three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and then the second part of the question, um, which was, does setting survivors' success set a dangerous precedent moving forward, i.e. not seeing a difference between consolidating and finishing 15th and surviving on the final day? Um, I, I don't think it does. Um, I, I can see why, you know, I can see why people would possibly think that. But for me, given um, given the the sheer level of success and the sheer... I don't like using the, the the word, you know, like the journey or whatever. But given the journey that that we we've had over the past um, over the past three years, it it's definitely one where it, it's sort of come to not not a shuddering halt because that's that's really harsh. But it's sort of we've had that moment now where we've got to make the changes. We've got to look at things in a slightly different way, and with doing that, I think taking stock of things and, and looking at it and going, right, okay, come on. We don't want to let this all fall apart. We don't want to let this, this be for nothing. Um, so the fact that we can now take stock of things and say, right, let's, let's make sure that we're in this division next season. Let's make sure that we are able to compete in this division next season. Let's make sure that, you know, we're not going to be slipping back into league two and, and then having a possible worry at some point of, of slipping back into the National League, you know, to me, the, this, the position that the club's in at the moment is a very strong one. And I think having um, having the ability to, to to look at things and go, uh, you know, like I said, just sitting there and, and 
it, it doesn't feel like we're, we're being complacent with, with where we want to finish at the end of the season now. Because to me, this season has always been about making sure that we're, you know, we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to end up back where we were again. It's always been about survival. Um, and I, I think going down that road is, it's going to, it's going to wind some fans up that, you know, have, have been on the board, uh, have, sorry, have been on board with, um, the, the success over the past few years and there, there will be a lot of people at the moment that won't necessarily have seen us lose three or four on the bounce before um but it's it it's just one of those situations at the minute where we've we've got to know we've got to make the best of it and i know the club are making the best of it and i know that ultimately the board have got the best intentions at heart for the club and i just think if if the fans can sort of keep at it and you know be trust in the board at the minute because that's one thing that I know some people have had difficulty with with previous regimes before is is that trust in the board but I think and I don't I'm not just saying this to be you know blowing smoke but I, I genuinely think that the board at the minute is is in the right place and we've got the right people um, at the right level to to help the club forward so I don't think it's a dangerous precedent to set um, what about yourself Sorry, after all of that, I've got no idea what the question was. <laughs> Does it set a precedent? Does what with um, setting survival as a uh, as a success set a dangerous precedent? Only if we set the same target next year, then you set the precedent. Yeah. Um, you set you set your targets dependent on how you feel you can do at the beginning of the year, and that can then change. And I think for supporters. Staying in this division was the primary aim. I don't think any of us really envisaged a, a relegation battle, but then few of us envisaged losing our managers and, and having the kind of level injury crisis that we've had with the threadbare squad. So, um, yeah, mm. survival this year. Yeah, that that's that's the aim. And if it's final day survival, I, 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 I kind of like that. I actually quite, quite like Jack pointing out the very succinct difference uh, or different levels of survival, as you say, finishing 15th and safe at the beginning of April or, or, or final day survival. Because for me, mm. final day survival probably, although it would be, you know, once the season was over, you'd go, yeah, we stayed in the league. Final day survival, I think, would probably not be where I think we could be. Um, yeah. I can see us finishing between... And I think I said something like ninth and 11th or 10th and 12th uh, at the beginning of the season. I think now 15th to 17th um, is, is a realistic aim. And I, I think that's not setting a dangerous precedent. That's taking into account change of personnel, uh, the injuries that we've had, the, the changes that the club, which have, have had a knock, which have had a serious knock on effect. Um, but I also think when you look at the run of form that we've been on and people go, it's relegation form, it is relegation form, and yet we're still 17th in the table. So what that tells you is that that's relegation form in a league that that is has a, has a split, has successful teams and not successful teams. Whereas you look at this mm. division and you look at Sunderland, who got beat by Burton, and they're still two or three points outside the playoffs. And you look at Portsmouth, mm. that were in dire straits two months ago, and they're two points outside the playoffs. And we've now... Because the way results have gone, I think if we win game in hand, we go. We we could climb up to fifteenth, fourteenth. So it's mm. so tightly packed that final day survival could be finishing fifteenth. 
Yeah. So, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, if we get to that point where we're going survival at this level is is what we want every season, then we've bottomed out. And I I fully understand the question um, without a doubt. I, I can I can mm. understand the motivation behind asking that. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd agree with that. Like you say, it's the it's where we go from it. I think is how you build on it. Um, taking stock this season is that is where we need to be. So. Uh, right. Yeah. Good friend Pete Summers has asked um, a couple of questions, so I'll, I'll ask them. I actually know one of them is in response to the, the formation question, um, but I imagine your response is going to provide the same answer on here. So Pete says, if the house caught fire, who are you saving first, Charlie or Fee? Uh, he's, he's forgot, or he's forgotten there that I have an extensive programme collection and there's one folder uh, on on the shelf in front of me at the moment that contains all of my programs from from forty five to fifty one, which are, are worth quite a bit of money. Um, and yeah, it's on the way down the stairs. So <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you did say you did say initially that the question was vetoed, which I think is probably fair. Well, do you know why? The reason being, in a fire, Fee is more than capable of finding her own way out. I'll wake her up. <laughs> Uh, and make sure that she, but do you know what I mean? She she understands fire, bad, get out of the house. Charlie, on the other hand, probably wouldn't be. I actually, do you know what? Really bizarrely, before Pete asked this, and it must be something, I was laid in bed last night being concerned about the lack of fire exits in my house because I only actually have one door into and out of my house, which is the back door. We have no front door. And the windows upstairs only open to a certain, so they'd be hard to climb out of. And I was actually thinking last night that if the house caught fire, what I would do is I would actually, because we've got two mattresses with a topper because we've got a really mass, huge bed, like you know, I can roll over twice in it and still barely be on her side. So I would actually throw, <laughs> I'd wake her up, I'd get her to help me I'd throw the two mattresses out of the window and onto the garden because you could get them out the window. Uh, then I would let her jump down first. So technically I'd be saving her first. Then I'd throw Charlie down for her to either catch or for him to land. Then I'd brave the flames to come and get my, uh, my 1945 versus Barrow. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Well, not if it happens, it won't be. Love it. Well, no, just just the the sheer level of planning. It's uh, it's pretty good. Um, the next one is actually one that I want to veto, which was from Clark. He says uh, he, he's he's messed this one up a little. Well, he's mixed it up a little. Bit, I should say uh, he said shag Mario snob not doing it. Evans Evans Flickcroft Sutton. Not doing it. I don't sleep with men. I'm not a homophobe. I just don't do it. Fair enough. Um, I, I I'm not answering it just because the thought of doing any of the three with Evans fills me with dread. Um, uh, there's one from Abbott's Grange Barn, which I think you've addressed. What's on that? Uh, on, um, that was the one about where's all the money gone, heard all the players. Had, yeah. Let's pick up on that very briefly. Where's all, where's okay. all what money gone? This is something I hear quite a lot. I hear it in the stands and I hear people saying, where's all the money gone? I don't recall us winning the fucking lottery. I, I, record a, I recall a cup run that has helped move us into League One. But what what mm. do we mean? Where's all the money gone? What 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 money? What the, mm. we've got a training ground, and again, I know that's caused some controversy on Twitter. Um, but without the training ground, we wouldn't have attracted certain players. Without this place, wouldn't have got promoted. I'm, you know, I'm not fully understanding of the financial. Um, ramifications of the training ground. We invested some money in that. 
We invested some money in the playing squad. Yeah, we've got really good players in Tyler Walker, Jack Payne, George Grant. Okay, not all performing at the moment. And yeah, mm. do you know, it, it angers me a little bit. And this isn't Abbott's Grange particularly. This is just a general observation. But it angers me when people moan about players' wages. So they say, we're paying Tyler Walker too much. But in the summer, if, if Tyler Walker had gone to Coventry and we hadn't paid for the, the wages that we paid to get him, it would have been a lack of ambition. And it's that never being able to win that really, really hacks me off with football. There is never a time when somebody will go, yes, but we did that because of this. And it's like if we if we go out against Ipswich last week and we defend for 90 minutes, get a nil-nil draw and win on penalties, we will have lacked adventure. We didn't win that convincingly. You go out, mm. you go swashbuckling, play great football. And I'm not saying we did. We played really good football in my mind. I'd, I'd said excellent after the game, which was a slight exaggeration. But you play good football, you lose 1-0. We're not tight enough. You you pay, and I'd, I've seen £9,000 a week for, for Tyler Walker. That's that's not, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm 99.9% sure we're not paying £9,000 a week for Tyler Walker. I was told off the record by somebody who's not connected with the club at the moment that we weren't, we're not paying as much as Mansfield were paying last year for Tyler Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we go and get Tyler Walker and he starts scoring goals, but we still haven't got a goal scorer. We shouldn't, we should get a proven goal scorer. We've got two. John O'Kindy's a proven goal scorer. I don't care what anybody says about him missing chances. So we've, we've gone out twice, got two proven goal scorers and it's still like we need a proven goal scorer. You bring the proven goal scorer in, he's on too much money. Just, yeah. oh man. that And I, I, that's, I find it so hard because I always try and be objective in my blogs and I don't want to alienate some readers, but there are some questions and opinions that really grate on me. And there's some people that I can kind of answer back in, 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 in good faith because Andy Pearson, who, who last year we had a conversation and he was saying, yeah, we got a question everything. You haven't got to question everything. It might have been Andy. It might have been uh, Martin Green talking about when we did the hookup with the school, the Minster School. And it's yes, yeah, I remember that. Question everything. Question what needs to be questioned. But mm. the club showed ambition in the summer. Just because it hasn't come off, that doesn't mean that they mm. should now get criticised for it. Um, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop now because I can feel myself getting angry. No, I, I get you. And the, the other thing as well about when it comes to the wages is, oh, that, you know, someone's on, you know, it, they're on four and a half grand a week or whatever it is, you know, whatever money the, the, the rumours are that people, that play, payers are being, players are being paid. Can't fucking speak tonight. Um, it's one of those moments where you look at it, you go, okay, but but that's the going rate for a footballer. Well, they're not you know, it, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, you... you you get somebody that will go on about it. Oh, well, you know, he's on two and a half grand a week. He should be able to put that ball in the back of the net. That's what I bloody hell, I could have done that for nothing. It's like, right. Yeah. But that's, that's the problem is that that's the going rate for a footballer. If he didn't get that from us, he would go elsewhere and get it. And like, it doesn't really matter like how much they're getting paid at the end of it. Like it's, it it is, you know, I will quite happily state, you know, say that some of the levels of wages in in the league above us and in the Premier League are disgusting, and I don't think anybody should be paid that amount of money in the world. But 
they are doing because that's what the market demands. And it's when when you're getting to that point, like, yeah, you'll have an off day at work. Everybody has an off day at work. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. Some of my managers, you know, in, in previous jobs, they were very healthily compensated, but they had off days. They had days where they just wanted to sit in the office and, you know, not talk to anybody and have a coffee on the desk, and that was it. Here's a point. When yeah. Chris Moises was working for free, people were calling him the cheap option. So what do we want? Do we want to pay the going rate or do we want somebody that works for free? Because we've had both. Chris put blood, sweat and tears into the club for sweet mm. FA and he got criticised for that because we weren't paying the manager. Then we pay the manager or we pay the yeah. players and suddenly they're overpaid. I just, yeah. to be honest, a lot, a lot, that, a lot of the comments are, are with the greatest respect are fueled probably by national media, fueled by social media. It's so easy to be critical, isn't it? It's so, so easy oh, 100%. to be critical. I find that out with with my writing every day. It's so hmm. easy for somebody to go, you've missed a comma here, we've spelt that wrong there. Especially when they read my work, it's really easy for them to do that. But um, <laughs> but no, you know, it's easy to do that. And then you say, oh, yeah, I'd love to read some of your pieces. Oh, well, I don't get paid to write. Well, no, do you know what? Technically, I don't either. Um, I mean, yeah. I do, because that's my job. But do you know, do you know what I mean? It's that, that, that I didn't yeah. start the Stacey West for... Uh, any any financial gain or anything like that. I started it to express opinions, and that's I don't really know the relevancy yeah. of all that. I think I've just got angry now. I'm just thinking about other things that have annoyed me. So props to move on. <laughs> okay, um, let's have a quick look. Where are we? Um, everyone seems to be giving a free pass to Appleton at the minute because uh, he hasn't been able to bring in his own players. But realistically. <sighs> How long Kate. would he have after January starts got to be, if results don't start improving? Got and to it's be Kate, Kate yeah. questioning Michael Appleton already. It's got to be. Yes, it is. Yes. I'll let you answer that um, question. My my first my immediate first response is he's in my opinion you know in my eyes he's got until the end of the season. You know at the absolute minimum. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start saying in January, you know, oh, well, if he doesn't win the next three games out of five, then yeah, that's it. He's got to go. Cause I, I, I believe that he is the right person at the moment. You know, I've, I've not seen anything outside of results, which again, I know football is a results based game and yada, 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 but I haven't seen anything about his personality. I haven't seen anything about the way he plays foot. Uh, he wants his players to play football. I haven't seen, you know, much at all that, suggests to me that he's not the person to, to move it forward outside of the score lines, which, you know, hopefully that will start improving. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, how long will he have after January starts if results don't start improving? It, it will depend entirely on the board, but they are, you know, I don't think they're going to be the kind of board that will all of a sudden get into chopping and changing managers. I think they've given him the job because they believe he's, you know, he's the right person for a long-term project. Um, and for me, the first real judgment will come at the end of the season. If he can, you know, keep us in this league, fine, great. If he can't, then that's a conversation to be had at that point. But that's that's my answer on that one. One thing I will say is um, I remember another manager that, that Kate was down on pretty much from the off, uh, which... She got a lot of stick for at the time, and that was Peter Jackson. And hindsight proves her right. Uh, and I think there was the same uh, feelings towards Chris Sutton as well. So 
proven track record for having a nose for a bad manager or just eternal pessimist? I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I um, respect for you know calling out Jackson at the time and and being right when everyone else thought that that he, he walked on water. Lord, Lord of the Imps, I remember. Lord of the Imps, mm. my God. Um, no, it's a question that's going to be asked by some and he's going to be dismissed by others, uh, which that's football. Uh, I believe Michael Appleton has at least until this time next year if results don't improve, unless we find ourselves in the bottom three and, and, and drifting. But even then, I'm not sure that the board are the ones that are going to chop. I think that they might... I don't know. It, it's it's a tough call. Let me put it this way. If we win a couple of games and we keep ourselves out of the bottom three, I don't think there's a question over his future until oh, absolutely. until he's had a couple of um, pre-seasons. I think we've got to where we are on heart, fight, budget at times, um, spending well at others. You know, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. We, we were one of the biggest spenders in our division last year. Uh, we weren't the biggest spenders, but we were certainly our final position reflected the level of investment in the team, something the board backed extensively. Um, and this year, our, you know, our level of investment probably at the moment is being reflected where we are now. And other people will tell you completely different. But as you know, as far as I'm aware, we certainly don't have anything near a top 10 budget at all. Um, and again, conversations I've had recently with people who, who are not at the club anymore are the same, you know, that we're probably in a position now that reflects our, our overall budget. And you, you hear South End's chairman talking and, 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 he was talking about top seven, top six budgets at the beginning of the season. So that's what a top six budget can get you. Um, mm. And I think what we're now looking towards is, is a future where in order to try and improve upon our budget, um, we want to develop players. We want to uh, coach our players to a, a different degree. And, you know, I'm not saying that our coaching before was, was bad because it wasn't, but what I'm talking about is we've, we've brought coaches or a, a head coach, which is really what what Mike Lapton, you know, I think that's where his forte is. I think his skill is out on the grass. But we've brought somebody who's probably been a, a little bit more experienced um, in terms of developing younger players, in terms of bringing younger players through. And that's you know that kind of goes back to Stuart Wells's question: is you know, for Championship football, I've said without investment, the dream ends here. That's probably incorrect because you know if we unearthed, we've got Oxford United. Or if people always talk. Oxford are a good team to talk about because they're similar size to us. Michael Upton's managed there before and everyone says he bought success. He didn't really didn't buy success. He was backed, but he got success by bringing good young players into his football club, one or two of whom he was able to buy and churn out. So if, if we could get Kamar Roof-style player, bring him into this club, mm. even pay two 300000 for him, which would smash our club record, but then sell him on for $2.5 there's your top... 10 budget if we did what mm. Oxford did last year is bring Gavin White in from Ireland for 10 grand then pump him out to 4 million for Carlisle there's your top 6 budget so mm. yeah I think that is the blueprint that the board are looking for and fans take each result as the be all and end all of somebody's reign so we go to this game we lose people are saying oh the next two games are must win games we've got to do this we've got to do that and you there's, there are no must-win games in December. Right, your must-win games always, almost always, come in 
March, April, May. They're where your must-win games come, April and May, because they're the ones that you must win in order not to be relegated. So probably not many must-win games come outside of the last three weeks of the season. Um, the board will be looking a little bit further ahead. They'll be going, look, we're losing a couple of games now. We're not in the relegation zone at the minute. We'll get to January. We'll do a bit of trading. We'll get to the end of the year. Who knows the way Ellis is playing. Might get a decent fee for Ellis. Might be able to sell a couple of players on. It's all about gradual growth and not mm. week-to-week defeats. But fans don't always see that. I don't always see that. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's something that you don't always think about, is it? It's, it's you know... It's that longer term vision that I think uh, I think that's where I'm putting my faith and, and my, my trust in at the minute. I think you know that there is there is obviously that uh, the plan there. So we'll we'll see where it takes us. Um, right, okay. Uh, where are we now? Um, Cornell again asked about a million questions, but I'll pick a couple. Um, who do you see as getting in the January transfer window? No idea. Okay, there is another one that he has asked about. Um, are these rumours about Danny Hilton coming to Lincoln true or not, do we think? No. No, okay. I, 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 the reason I've put I mean, I, uh, I, I certainly hope that that's not based on the article I did where I, I put forward the type of player that we wanted. Michael Apton has worked right. with Danny Hilton before, but um, Danny turned down a contract offer uh, at the end, before Michael left Oxford uh, in order to go to Luton. Um, Danny has been out injured, I think, since April. Uh, just got back on the grass at Luton, which is something that Graham Jones is quite excited about. I can see him having six months at Luton. I can't see him going out on loan. Uh, and no, I, the, we need a Danny Hilton type, but I don't think that Lincoln will sign Danny Hilton, though. Okay. Um, where are we now? So uh, we will uh, wrap it up with two, three questions now. Um, the first one is from Valerie, who says, how are things going with your writing project with the schools? I didn't know you were doing one. And, I mean, it's 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 aimed at yourself. So <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 uh, Valerie, great, great friend, did uh, really help me out with the book. And when you said Valerie, the first thing that went around in my head there was Amy Winehouse. Why won't you come on? Oh. <laughs> um, I, well, it, it, it finished the writing project with the schools. I did some work with the Priory. Uh, we produced a booklet and we did the presentation for it, as you know. And hopefully um, we are picking that back up uh, later in the school year. So I'll, um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we shall see. But at the moment, no, nothing. At the moment, we're, it's, it's settled down. So. Excellent stuff. Um, right. Uh, Sean has got two more questions. He says, what do you both want for Christmas? Which Sean is this? Um, uh, Sean Sheep Simons. Okay. Just Sean Simons. I don't know why he's got a sheep in there. Do you know, actually, that's Dad's, <laughs> dad's uh, partner, Mo. That's Sean is her boss. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so Sean says, uh, what, what do you both want for Christmas? Uh, I'll let you answer first. No, you answer first. I need to think of a funny one. Oh, shit, so do I. Um, That's why you always uh, get me to answer first when you haven't thought. You got me to answer first about the dinner party. So I'm not no, I'd, I'd actually thought about the dinner party. Why did you get me to answer first then? I could have had better answers. Well, you should have thought about that. Anyway, um, I don't know. Let's have a look. Because um, I would have had Steve Watts at the dinner party. He played on loan for a short while uh, under Keith Alexander, scored a goal, I think. But he's gone on to be a, a poker champion and make a lot of money. And uh, I would have had him there to, to play a few hands of poker with. 
Fair enough. Um, what do I want for Christmas? I would I'd quite like. I'd, I'd like a proven goal scorer, please. Um, I don't know. Uh, or the genuine answer is I'd, I'd quite like a a new soundbar for my TV. I'm looking at buying one on Friday because they're all cheap. And there you go. That's a really boring answer for you. I just gave one to charity. Um, did you? Yeah, Goodman's. Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, right, yeah, so what do you want? World Peace. Don't yeah. Know, uh, Taylor Swift. Makes me feel selfish. Actually, no, she looks Taylor like, Swift. Yeah, probably not Taylor Swift, actually. I can't really think of any celebrities I've had a crush on. I don't really think about it anymore. I used to like Keira Knightley, but she's, she's probably a little bit stuck up. And... Part of me wants to like Emma Watson, but then I think that that's a little bit pedo when she's been in all the Harry Potter films. <laughs> oh, who's? I think it was a John Richardson stand-up that I saw the other day, and he was talking about that. He goes, "Oh, it's okay to watch Harry Potter because she wasn't legal in the films, but she is now, which makes it a little bit all right." So no, no it doesn't. Oh dear, no. Um, right, where are we now? Uh, and Sean asks one final question. If it's about flavors. He says of anything. Shut him down. So he says, do either, you, do either of you have a secret talent that nobody knows about? P.S. Please note, no food-related questions this time. Do, do people know that I'm a fully qualified clinical hypnotherapist? Wow. No, I didn't know Did that. Did you not know that? No. Yeah, I've got a dip.hip after my name, diploma in hypnotherapy. Yeah. Wow. So I can do... I stopped my dad smoking. My old man had smoked since like the age of, I don't know, four or something. And um, (laughs) you laughed. I think it was probably 10. And genuinely, I think it was. He used to hide in the ditch when the school bus came and just smoke fags uh, until the school bus had gone. And yeah, and he smoked up for nearly all his life. And in October 2009, uh, it took me 55 minutes to stop him smoking. Wow. Through hypnotherapy. I haven't been that successful with everybody, but I used to do past life regression. Believe what you want about it, whether it's real or not. I, I probably don't believe that it is, but I had some interesting results with that. Um, present life regression, which was phenomenal. I suppose actually anyone that's read my book should know that I've been a fully qualified clinical hypnotherapist, Ben. Yeah, I've not I've not finished it okay. yet. I'm still, uh, I'm still working my I way through it. It's about the third chapter. <laughs> No, it's, is no, it? it's not that. It's about chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nearly shit myself then. I was like, but I've made it past that. How have I missed that? Um, oh, what have I... Uh, secret talent. I can down a pint in under five seconds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but people know about that. I didn't that's, know about that's that. That's probably about... Of no use. That that. Yeah, that, that's probably about as far as my talents go. Um, I once upstage Paul Daniels at a magic show that he was like on. Yeah. Um, that's not, yeah. Um, I, I got taken there as a, as a birthday present, um, when I was five years old and, uh, went up on stage, um, cause my mum and dad had written to him previously saying, oh, we're going to be sat here. Is there any chance that you can get him up on stage for his birthday? So I went up on stage and, um, did the trick where you smashed like two metal rings together mm-hmm. and, um, and he goes, oh, right. Can you see any holes in the ring? Um, and, like people were expecting me to go, oh yeah, there's one, you know, at the edge or whatever, where they, 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 uh, where they meet and you can, you know, use the hinge to put them together. And I just went, yeah. He goes, what, where? Like really panicky. And I just went, there's a big hole in the middle that you can put your hand in and like moved, the, <laughs> just moved the hoop around my arm and the whole of the theater Royal just absolutely 
like burst out laughing. Um, and yeah, that kind of, uh, that, that kind of upstaged him. He didn't really know where to look. They liked Nearly that. kicked me off the Are stage. They liked that. Not a lot. But he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's about it really. I'm, I'm not a man of many talents. Um, I play the guitar and that's, yeah. I'd love to be able go. to play the guitar. Sat down to learn it once, but it bored me. Yeah. I'd love to be able to play piano. I'm always jealous of people that can. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Have oh, you got any <laughs> other secret talents, I don't think? No, I'm trying to think. I'm, I yeah. don't know. I mean, there's there's probably a few that I can't really talk about for decency's sake, but um, we'll move on. No, um, is think, there anything I you think t- if you ask Rachel, she'd probably say that you're not that talented. So anyway, I'm looking for a new podcast uh, co-host for this ACUS podcast. Um, please. So am I. <laughs> you can, you, you, I'll take the name. You can take the technical stuff. <laughs> um, cool. Right. So is there anything you need to plug this week? Uh, Man versus Fat. Yes. It's on the website. I, I need to get in on this, actually, because I think we've, we've spoken yeah. about it briefly. Um, obviously, I'm not really doing commercial hookups um, with the site, but they kind of contacted me and there's... Uh, it's it's a good it's quite a good premise I I quite like the idea of it you you've got to be a certain weight your BMI has got to be I think twenty seven point five which makes no sense to me whatsoever I don't know what that means um, but if you're looking to lose weight you basically sign up go along whether they put you in teams and you play a five aside football league but as well as your results the amount of weight that you lose whilst uh, in between the games adds towards the score so. Um, you can be a winner by being a loser, which uh, which really appeals to me, if I'm honest. Um, so they've given us a code uh, on the website. So basically, if uh, if you want to sign up, you can use that code, sign up through the Stacey West. Um, reminded, because I didn't make it clear in the article that I did, but um, there are also no fees, I think, for the first six months using that code as well. So basically, it's for free. You turn up and you can, I think, I think it's six months. Um, in fact, you'll hear the clicking of the mouse now because I will check quickly on the email that I got sent. Um, no, I won't because my internet is rubbish. Um, so, yeah, no fees. Uh, <laughs> what I'd have thought is maybe me or you, um, whoever's closest, I'll have you, um, maybe go along and we do a bit of live podding from there or we, we, we record some of our experiences. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I'll be up for it. But it's, uh, there's, there's information on the website. I do keep forgetting to put the, the, the banner up with the with the details on. So I'll, I'll go back in retrospectively and add that to some recent articles. Um, but yeah, well worth it. If you've got any questions, you can go on the man versus fat website, or you can ask me and then I can get the answer and forget to pass it on. Cool. Well, there we go. Um, anything else or shall we wrap it up there? Cause we've gone over an hour now. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, very impressive. Oh, uh, yeah, just buy my stuff on Amazon. Christmas is coming up. What better than than a copy of Suited or Booted that you can get to read uh, about my clinical hypnotherapy if you get that far? Or uh, a who's who of Lincoln City up to 2017 with more grammatical errors packed into it than I thought it possible to pack into a book. Uh, but that's what you get when you write a book inside three months. Uh Reviews of the season, which, you know, people got a little bit apathetic about by the end. But let's face it, last year's review of the season is going to be a hell of a lot better than this year's. Uh, so you can buy all of those. Give them to the <laughs> loved one in your life if they're a Lincoln fan. And if they're not, give them there them anyway. Go. 
So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're a Mansfield Town fan, give them one. If they're a Mansfield Town fan, why are they... If they're a Mansfield Town fan, I question why. Yeah, no, we've both got the same train of thought there. Yeah, I was... How can you love a Mansfield Town fan? Yeah. Anyway, right. Um, yeah, so that's going to do us, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. I don't have anything to plug this week because I'm just very tired. Um, so we will see you guys next week when we will have a game to talk about. Um, so it might be a quick one next week unless we decide to put a few more questions in, but we shall see. All right, guys. See you later. Take care. Bye. around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.